You're listening to Wikisleep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. Wikisleep Podcast is available on all the main podcast players, where many of you have started to provide reviews, which is very much appreciated. Each review helps me and Wikisleep reach a larger audience. So if you'd like to help, please visit your podcast platform and let them know how you're enjoying the podcast. As we begin today, I would like to start by doing something called box breathing. This simple technique can be beneficial to anyone especially those who want to find focus or reduce stress. Begin by slowly exhaling and emptying your lungs completely. Then, breathe deeply in through your nose, slowly counting to four. At the top of your count, pause and hold your breath, counting to four again at the same pace. Then, exhale through your mouth for the same slow count of four, expelling the air from your lungs and abdomen. At the bottom of your breath, hold for another count four. And that is the box. It's a four count in. Hold for four. Exhale for four and hold for four on repeat. This practice can help regulate your nervous system and calm your mind and can be used anytime you are feeling overwhelmed have a busy brain, or just need to settle in and relax. Today's story, Cleopatra. Cleopatra was the last active ruler of the Ptolemaic Kingdom of Egypt. She was a direct descendant of its founder, Ptolemy Soter, a Macedonian Greek general and companion of Alexander the Great. Cleopatra was born in 69 BCE to the ruling pharaoh Ptolemy XII and an unconfirmed mother, but presumably Ptolemy's wife, Cleopatra VI. To understand Cleopatra, 
we have to look at the political history of Egypt and Rome. In 58 BCE, the Romans annexed Cyprus and on accusations of piracy, drove Ptolemy of Cyprus, Cleopatra's uncle, to commit suicide instead of enduring exile. Ptolemy XII, the ruling pharaoh, remained publicly silent on the death of his brother, a decision which, along with ceding traditional Ptolemaic territories to the Romans, damaged his credibility among subjects already enraged by his economic policies. He was then exiled from Egypt by force, traveling first to Rhodes, then Athens, and finally the villa of Triumvir Pompeii in the Alban Hills in Italy. He spent nearly a year on the outskirts of Rome, accompanied by his daughter Cleopatra, then about eleven. Cleopatra's sister, Berenice, sent an embassy to Rome to advocate for her rule and oppose the reinstatement of her father. But Ptolemy had assassins kill the leaders of the embassy, an incident that was covered up by his powerful Roman supporters. When the Roman state denied Ptolemy the offer of an armed escort for a return trip to Egypt, he decided to reside at the temple of Artemis in Ephesus in 57 BCE. His Roman financiers, however, remained determined to restore him to power. Pompey persuaded Alias Gabinius, the Roman governor of Syria, to invade Egypt and restore Ptolemy XII, offering him 10,000 talents for the proposed mission. Although it put him at odds with Roman law, Gabinius invaded Egypt in the spring of 55 BC. A young cavalry officer named Mark Antony joined the campaign under his command. Antony distinguished himself by preventing Ptolemy XII from massacring the inhabitants of Pelusion and for rescuing the body of Archelaus, the husband of Cleopatra's sister Berenice, after he was killed in battle, ensuring him proper royal burial. Cleopatra, by now 14 years of age, traveled with the Roman expedition into Egypt. Years later, Antony would profess that he had fallen in love with her during this period. Cabinius was put on trial in Rome for abusing his authority, for which he was acquitted. 
But his second trial for accepting bribes led to his exile, from which he was recalled seven years later, in 48 BCE, by Caesar. Crassus replaced him as governor of Syria and extended his provincial command to Egypt, but he was killed by the Parthians at the Battle of Carre in 53 BCE. Ptolemy then had his daughter Berenice and her wealthy supporters executed, seizing their properties. He allowed Gabinius's largely Germanic and Gallic Roman garrison, the Gabiniani, to harass people in the streets of Alexandria, and installed his longtime Roman financier, Rabirius, as his chief financial officer. Within a year, Rabirius was placed under protective custody and sent back to Rome after his life was endangered for draining Egypt of its resources. During this period, Ptolemy created a will designating Cleopatra and her brother Ptolemy XIII as his joint heirs. On the 31st of May, 52 BCE, Cleopatra was officially made a regent of Ptolemy Twelfth. Ptolemy Twelfth died sometime before March 22nd, 51 BCE, when Cleopatra, in her first act as queen, began a voyage to Hermonthus, near Thebes. Cleopatra faced several pressing issues and emergencies shortly after taking the throne. These included famine caused by drought and a low level of the annual flooding of the Nile, as well as lawless behavior instigated by the Gabiniani, the now unemployed and assimilated Roman soldiers left by Gabinius to garrison Egypt. Inheriting her father's debts, Cleopatra also owed the Roman Republic 17.5 million drachmas. By August 29th, 51 BCE, official documents started listing Cleopatra as the sole ruler, evidence that she had rejected her brother Ptolemy XIII as co-ruler. Despite Cleopatra's rejection of him, Ptolemy XIII still retained powerful allies. Notably, Pothenos, his childhood tutor, regent, and administrator of his properties, who was part of a cabal against Cleopatra. Others in the cabal included Achilles, a prominent military commander, and Theodotus of Chios, another tutor of Ptolemy XIII. Cleopatra seems to have attempted a short-lived alliance with her brother, but by the autumn of 50 BCE, 
Ptolemy had the upper hand in their conflict and began signing documents with his name before that of his sister. In the summer of 49 BCE, Cleopatra and her forces were fighting against Ptolemy within Alexandria when Pompey's son, Gnaeus Pompeius, arrived seeking military aid on behalf of his father. After returning to Italy from the wars in Gaul and crossing the Rubicon in January of 49 BCE, Caesar had forced Pompey and his supporters to flee to Greece. In perhaps their last joint decree, both Cleopatra and Ptolemy XIII agreed to Gnaeus Pompeius's request and sent his father 60 ships and 500 troops, including the Gabiniani, a move that helped erase some of the debt owed to Rome. Losing the fight against her brother, Cleopatra was then forced to flee to Alexandria and withdraw to the region of Thebes. By the spring of 48 BCE, Cleopatra had traveled to Roman Syria with her younger sister Arsinoe to gather an invasion force that would head to Egypt. She returned with an army, but her advance to Alexandria was blocked by her brother's forces, including some of the Gabaniani mobilized to fight against her. So she camped outside Pelusian in the eastern Nile Delta. In Greece, Caesar and Pompey's forces engaged each other at the decisive Battle of Pharsalus on August 9th, 48 BC, leading to the destruction of most of Pompey's army and his forced flight to the region of Lebanon. Shortly after, in a scheme devised by Theodotus, Pompey arrived by ship near Pelusian after being invited by a written message, only to be ambushed and stabbed to death on the 28th of September, 48 BCE. Ptolemy XIII believed that he had demonstrated his power and simultaneously diffused the situation by having Pompey's head severed and embalmed and sent to Caesar, who had arrived in Alexandria in early October and took up residence at the royal palace. However, Caesar expressed grief and outrage over the killing of Pompey and called on both Ptolemy and Cleopatra to disband their forces and reconcile with each other. Cleopatra initially sent emissaries to Caesar, but upon hearing that Caesar was inclined to having affairs with royal women, allegedly came to Alexandria to see him personally. When Ptolemy realized that his sister was in the palace consorting with Caesar directly, he attempted 
to rouse the populace of Alexandria into a riot. But he was arrested by Caesar, who used his oratorical skills to calm the frenzied crowd. Caesar then brought Cleopatra and Ptolemy before the assembly of Alexandria, where he revealed the written will of Ptolemy XII, previously possessed by Pompey, and naming the pair as joint heirs. Judging that this agreement favored Cleopatra over Ptolemy, and that the latter's army of 20,000, including the Gabaniani, could most likely defeat Caesar's army of 4,000 unsupported troops. Pothinos decided to have Achilles lead their forces to Alexandria to attack both Caesar and Cleopatra. After Caesar managed to execute Pothinos, Cleopatra's sister Arsinoe joined forces with Achilles and was declared queen but soon after had her tutor Ganymedes kill Achilles and take his position as commander of her army. Ganymedes then tricked Caesar into requesting the presence of the captive Ptolemy XIII as a negotiator, only to have him join the army of Arsinoe. The resulting siege of the palace, with Caesar and Cleopatra trapped together inside, lasted into the following year of 47 BCE. Sometime between January and March of 47 BCE, Caesar's reinforcements arrived. Ptolemy and Arsinoe withdrew their forces to the Nile, where Caesar attacked them. Ptolemy tried to flee by boat, but it capsized and he drowned. Ganymedes is believed to have been killed in the battle. Theodotus was found years later in Asia and executed. Arsinoe was captured and forcefully paraded at Caesar's triumph march in Rome before being exiled to the temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Cleopatra was conspicuously absent from these events and resided in the palace, most likely because she was pregnant with Caesar's child. Caesar's term as Roman consul expired at the end of 48 BCE. However, Mark Antony, by now an officer of his, helped to secure Caesar's appointment as dictator lasting for a year until October 47 BCE, providing Caesar with the legal authority to settle the dynastic dispute in Egypt. Caesar appointed Cleopatra's 12-year-old brother, Ptolemy XIV, as joint ruler with the 22-year-old Cleopatra in a nominal sibling marriage, but Cleopatra continued living privately with Caesar. 
Caesar departed from Egypt around April 47 BCE, allegedly to confront Pharnassus II of Pontus, who was stirring up trouble for Rome in Anatolia. It is possible that Caesar, married to the prominent Roman woman, Calpurnia, also wanted to avoid being seen together with Cleopatra when she gave birth to their son. He left three legions in Egypt, later increased to four, under the command of the freedman, Rufio, to secure Cleopatra's tenuous position, but also, perhaps, to keep her activities in check. Caesarian, Cleopatra's child with Caesar, was born on June 23rd, 47 BCE. Perhaps owing to his still childless marriage with Calpurnia, Caesar remained publicly silent about Caesarian. Cleopatra, on the other hand, made repeated official declarations about Caesarian's parentage, naming Caesar as the father. Cleopatra, and her nominal joint ruler Ptolemy XIV, visited Rome in late 46 BCE, presumably without Caesarian, and were given lodging in Caesar's villa within the Horti Caesarius. As with their father, Ptolemy XII, Caesar awarded both Cleopatra and her brother the legal status of friend and ally of the Roman people, in effect, client rulers loyal to Rome. Cleopatra's visitors at Caesar's villa across the Tiber included the senator Cicero, who was said to have found her arrogant. During her visit, Caesar was assassinated on the Ides of March, but Cleopatra stayed in Rome until about mid-April in the vain hope of having their son, Caesarian, recognized as Caesar's heir. However, Caesar's will named his grandnephew, Octavian, as the primary heir. Octavian arrived in Italy around the same time Cleopatra decided to depart for Egypt. A few months later, Cleopatra had Ptolemy XIV killed by poisoning, elevating her own son, Caesarian, as her co-ruler. Octavian Antony and Marcus Amelius Lepidus formed the second triumvirate in 43 BCE, in which they were each elected for five-year terms to restore order in the Republic and bring Caesar's assassins to justice. In the autumn of 42 BCE, Antony defeated the forces of Caesar's assassins 
events at the Battle of Philippi in Greece, leading to the suicide of Cassius and Brutus. By the end of that year, Octavian had gained control over much of the western half of the Roman Republic, while Antony ruled the eastern half and Lepidus remained largely marginalized. In the summer of 41 BCE, Antony established his headquarters at Tarsos in Anatolia and summoned Cleopatra there in several letters. The meeting would allow Cleopatra to clear up the misconception that she had supported Cassius during the Civil War and address territorial exchanges in the Levant. But Antony also most likely desired to form a personal, romantic relationship with the Queen. Cleopatra sailed up the river to Tarsos in the ship Thalamagos, hosting Antony and his officers for two nights of lavish banquets on board the ship. She was able to clear her name as a supposed supporter of Cassius and convinced Antony to have her exiled sister, Arsinoe, executed. Cleopatra invited Antony to come to Egypt before departing from Tarsos, which he did in November 41 BCE. He was well received by the populace of Alexandria, both for his heroic actions in previously restoring Ptolemy XII to power and for coming to Egypt without an occupation force like Caesar had done. Cleopatra carefully chose Antony as her partner for producing further heirs, as he was deemed to be the most powerful Roman figure following Caesar's demise. With his power as triumvir, Antony also had the broad authority to restore former Ptolemaic lands, which were currently in Roman hands, to Cleopatra. By the spring of 40 BCE, Antony left Egypt due to troubles in Syria. Cleopatra provided him with 200 ships for his campaign and as payment for her newly acquired territories. She would not see Antony again until 37 BCE but she maintained correspondence, and evidence suggests she kept a spy in his camp. By the end of 40 BCE, Cleopatra had given birth to twins, a boy named Alexander Helios and a girl named Cleopatra Selene, both of whom Antony acknowledged as his children.
relations between Antony and Cleopatra soured when he not only married Octavian's elder sister, Octavia, but also had two children with her and moved his headquarters to Athens. By this time, however, Cleopatra's position in Egypt was secure. In 37 BCE, Antony summoned Cleopatra to Antioch to discuss pressing issues. Cleopatra brought her now three-year-old twins where Antony saw them for the first time. In order to stabilize the East, Antony not only enlarged Cleopatra's domain, he also established new ruling dynasties and client rulers who would be loyal to him. In this arrangement, Cleopatra gained significant former Ptolemic territories in the Levant. She was also given the region surrounding Jericho and Palestine, but she leased this territory back to Herod. To the west, Cleopatra was handed Cyrene along the Libyan coast, as well as Etanos and Olus in Roman Crete. In 36 BCE, Cleopatra accompanied Antony to the Euphrates in his journey toward invading the Parthenian Empire. She then returned to Egypt, perhaps due to an advanced state of pregnancy. In the summer of 36 BCE, she gave birth to their third child and second son with Antony. Antony's Parthian campaign turned into a complete debacle. After losing 30,000 men, he is said to have engaged in heavy drinking before Cleopatra came to his aid to provide funds and clothing for his battered troops. Afterward, Antony desired to avoid the risks involved in returning to Rome so he traveled with Cleopatra back to Alexandria to see his newborn son. In 34 BCE, Antony sent an envoy to negotiate a potential marriage alliance that would wed the Armenian king's daughter to Alexander Helios, the son of Antony and Cleopatra. When this was declined, Antony marched his army into Armenia, defeated their forces and captured the king and Armenian royal family. Antony then held a military parade in Alexandria as an imitation of a royal triumph. News of this event was heavily criticized in Rome 
as a perversion of time-honored Roman rites and rituals to be enjoyed instead by an Egyptian queen. In another event held soon after the triumph, Cleopatra dressed as the god Isis and declared that she was queen of kings with her son Caesarion, king of kings. While Alexander, Helios, was declared king of Armenia, Media, and Parthia. Their other son, two-year-old Ptolemy Philadelphos, was declared king of Syria and Cilicia. Their daughter, Cleopatra Selene, was bestowed with Crete and Cyrene. late 34 BCE, Antony and Octavian engaged in a heated war of propaganda that would last for years. Antony claimed that his rival had illegally deposed Lepidus from their triumvirate and barred him from raising troops in Italy. While Octavian accused Antony of unlawfully detaining the king of Armenia, marrying Cleopatra despite still being married to his sister Octavia and wrongfully claiming Caesarion as the heir of Caesar instead of himself. The litany of accusations and gossip associated with this propaganda war have shaped the popular perceptions about Cleopatra ever since. She was said to have brainwashed Mark Antony with witchcraft and sorcery and was as dangerous as Homer's Helen of Troy in destroying civilization. During the spring of 32 BCE, Antony and Cleopatra traveled to Athens where she persuaded Antony to send his first wife, Octavia, an official declaration of divorce. This encouraged Octavian to seize Antony's will. Although a violation of sacred and legal rights, Octavian forcefully acquired the document from the Temple of Vesta and it became a useful tool in the propaganda war against Antony and Cleopatra. With Antony's will made public, Octavian had his justification and Rome declared war on Cleopatra, not Antony. The legal argument for war was based less on Cleopatra's territorial acquisitions with former Roman territories ruled by her children with Antony, and more on the fact that she was providing military support to a private citizen now that Antony's triumphal authority had expired. Antony and Cleopatra lost several skirmishes against Octavian during the summer of 31 BCE, while defections to Octavian's camp grew.
On September 2nd, 31 BCE, the naval forces of Octavian, led by Marcus Vespanius Agrippa, met those of Antony and Cleopatra at the Battle of Actium. Cleopatra, aboard her flagship, the Antonius, commanded 60 ships at the mouth of the Ambracian Gulf. Antony had ordered that their ships should have sails on board for a better chance to pursue or flee from the enemy, which Cleopatra, ever concerned about defending Egypt, used to swiftly move through the area of major combat in a strategic withdrawal to the Peloponnese. Antony followed Cleopatra and boarded her ship identified by its distinctive purple sails as the two escaped the battle and headed for Teneron. He reportedly avoided Cleopatra during this three-day voyage until her ladies-in-waiting urged him to speak with her. The Battle of Actium raged on without Cleopatra and Antony until the morning of September 3rd, resulting in a loss for the pair and a massive defection of officers, troops, and allied kings to Octavian's side. While Octavian occupied Athens, Antony and Cleopatra went their separate ways. Antony to Cyrene to raise more troops, and Cleopatra to Alexandria in an attempt to portray the activities in Greece as a victory. Mark Antony's appointed governor of Cyrene received word that Octavian had won the Battle of Actium before Antony's messengers could arrive at his court. Antony nearly committed suicide after hearing news of this, but was stopped by his staff officers. In Alexandria, he built a reclusive cottage on the island of Pharos that he nicknamed Timonion. Around this time, Cleopatra perhaps started to view Antony as a liability and by the late summer of 31 BCE, she prepared to leave Egypt to her son, Caesarion. She intended to relinquish her throne to him, take her fleet from the Mediterranean into the Red Sea, and then sail to a foreign port, perhaps in India, where she could spend time recuperating. However, these plans were ultimately abandoned when Malicious I managed to burn Cleopatra's fleet in revenge for his losses in a war with Herod that Cleopatra had largely initiated. As a result, Cleopatra had no other option but to stay in Egypt and negotiate with Octavian. Cleopatra requested that her children should inherit Egypt and that Antony should be allowed to live in exile. 
She offered Octavian money in the future and immediately sent him lavish gifts. Octavian sent his diplomat, Thyrsos, to Cleopatra after she threatened to burn herself and vast amounts of her treasure within a tomb already under construction. Thyrsos advised her to kill Antony so that her life would be spared. After lengthy negotiations that ultimately produced no results, Octavian set out to invade Egypt in the spring of 30 BCE. On August 1st of that year, Antony's naval fleet surrendered to Octavian, followed by Antony's cavalry. Cleopatra hid herself in her tomb with her close attendants and sent a false message to Antony that she had committed suicide. In despair, Antony responded by stabbing himself in the stomach and taking his own life at age 53. As he was dying, he was brought to Cleopatra at her tomb telling her that she could trust Octavian's companion, Gaius Procellius, over anyone else in his entourage. It was Procellius, however, who infiltrated her tomb using a ladder and detained the queen, denying her the ability to burn herself with her treasures. Cleopatra was then allowed to embalm and bury Antony within her tomb before she was escorted to the palace. Octavian entered Alexandria, occupied the palace, and seized Cleopatra's three youngest children. When she met with Octavian, she told him bluntly, I will not be led in triumph. Octavian promised that he would keep her alive, but offered no explanation about his future plans for her kingdom. When a spy informed her that Octavian planned to move her and her children to Rome, three days, she prepared for suicide. Cleopatra decided in her last moments to send Caesarion away to Upper Egypt. Caesarion, now Ptolemy XV, would reign for a mere 18 days until he was executed on the orders of Octavian. It is unclear how Cleopatra finally ended her own life, although the popular belief is that she allowed an asp or an Egyptian cobra to bite and poison her.
Octavian was said to have been angered by this outcome, but had Cleopatra buried in her royal fashion next to Antony in her tomb. At the time of her death, Cleopatra was 39 years old. She had reigned as queen for 21 years, and was the last active ruler of the Ptolemaic kingdom of Egypt 